Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome, everyone, to our special playoff preview edition of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Tapork, and we have a great episode for you today. We're going to walk through each of the first round series, discuss some keys to the series, X factors, and give our predictions for each. We're also going to offer up some playoff hot takes, give our final MVP picks, and make a preliminary finals prediction. Before we get underway, just wanted to remind you all that you can find us on Twitter at the NBA Podcast. Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union, and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so be sure to give all of us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so subscribe, download, leave us some feedback. We'd love any reviews there. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter, at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content, at FanRagNBA. We're going to have a lot of great playoff coverage, previews over the coming days, uh, and then throughout the playoffs as well. Also, for the fantasy basketball fans out there, my off-season coverage starts today, so check those out if you want some early looks at off-season fantasy basketball rankings. Joining me, as always today, are both Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. How's it going, you two? It's going well, Brian. It's going okay. It's good to hear. You two, you two both have teams in the playoffs, but I feel like the big winner of the three, because Ben Simmons... He's been cleared for five on five, and Joel Embiid gave a great interview last night. So we're all winners this week, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm going to spare you from talking about the Bulls for a little bit more. Let's start with the Western Conference. We'll start with the Warriors-Blazers series. The Warriors swept 4-0 during the regular season. So, I mean, guys, I think the biggest question, obviously, is just how do you slow down the Warriors' top-ranked offense? And... You know, Dame and CJ, 
they're not exactly first team all defense guys. So Sarah, who do you think guards Stephen Clay throughout this series? <laughs> You're just shaking your head, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can do because yeah, I'm trying to come up with who on their roster is going to help them get stops in the series and. There's no magical person, you know. And I love your outline. You're like, well, if if um, who do we have? Harkless and Aminu cover Stephen Clay, who guards KD. Jesus, you know, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a great question. Um, ah, Jesus, you're just... in. Come on, <laughs> hustle, hustle, pick it up. Yeah, they're in trouble, obviously, in, in that department. They're gonna have to go with the, you know try to score with them method if they're going to win because yeah, they're obviously not a great defensive team and they just really don't have the roster to do that. But we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to get hot from three. That's their best chance. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. Mort, do you have any other non-Jesus advice for the Blazers <laughs> in that regard? <laughs> I mean, No. <laughs> not really i mean yeah look yusuf nurkic he might be back we don't know yet Mm -hmm. at least there hasn't been anything uh, official being put out regarding his return but but he would he would probably add a layer to their offense that they wouldn't have currently Mm -hmm. Uh, the fact that he can step out and hit the 15 16 foot jump shot and play close to the basket and score near the rim is sort of luxury that they need uh draymond who will probably guard him i think it would make sense to put him on nurkic is mm-hmm. still six seven so right. you know matching up against the seven foot nurkic with skills uh i'm not saying that that nurkic is necessarily gonna win that matchup but he's he's gonna bring the fight and that's crucial so and brian before we started re- recording you and i spoke a little bit about alan Crabb's role in this series mm-hmm. and you actually came up with an idea uh, after and, and that was we need to clarify that idea it would have to be after game two if the right. Blazers had absolutely sucked for two games you want <laughs> right. Alan Kratz to actually start over CJ McCollum I think it's at least worth tinkering with because you know I, I like you two I am skeptical that Dame and CJ are going to be able to keep up with Stephen Clay and as Sarah mentioned if you put Aminu and Harkless on those guys KD <laughs> you're putting one of you know, uh, Dave or CJ on KD, that's probably not going to work so well either. So, you know, Crab just brings a little bit more length, defensive acumen to that starting lineup. I think there should not be a single second of this series where both Dame and CJ are off the floor. So if you move CJ to the bench into, like, a super six-man role, you're going to help stagger those minutes a little bit better. Um, I'm not saying they definitely need to do that, but it... You know, this is the playoffs. Like, they, these major lineup changes need to be on the table. And guys need to swallow their pride and be willing to make these changes if, for whatever reason, their team is not, you know, that certain teams present very bad matchups for other teams. And I feel like, as we've acknowledged, like, this Blazers team defensively is going to have trouble, especially if Nurkic can't come back. Um, I think, you know, the thing with Nurkic is offensively, more at your spot on defensively I'm a little worried because the Warriors are dead last in drives to the basket per game um so you know his strength is being that rim protector close to the basket and the Warriors three-point shooting kind of negates that 
but the thing I think he'll bring offensively, he's such a hard screen setter that you know the reason Dame and CJ really got cooking after the All Star break is because they had Nurkic there laying the thunder. So if you know if Steph and Clay are running into even just four or five games worth of Nurkic, like by game four, they might not want to run through every screen because that's just like 260 pounds of muscle that they're going through so for that reason i i think you know we have to wait and see more as you said uh nurkic said thursday today that uh he's just awaiting official clearance from the blazers so we don't know his status um but we'll have to wait and see uh sarah who do you think are the x factors of this series for both teams I tend to agree with you. I think Crab's a really good choice. Um, Iguodala is always an X factor, but um, I tend to want to pick Nurkic just because of the fact that he's hurt. So if he can come back, that's an X factor. Um, man, it's just it's just a tough series. It's funny because I I want to give them more of a chance if Nurkic comes back, but at the same time, I I feel like I'd probably predict the series to go five games either way so mm. <laughs> I don't know and and really if he doesn't come back if the five is pr- more hopeful than anything you know yeah. but we'll see yeah we we talked about Nurkic's injury I think two episodes ago we were all kind of in that boat where it's like if he <laughs> doesn't come back do they win a game and none of us were sure but more where do you stand on this series yeah I I have it for one dubs Okay. Simply, simply because, and that one game is, I'm sort of giving it to Damian Lillard because mm. you know how he feels slighted about yeah. everything, <laughs> and you know he wasn't an All Star this year, and it seems like he's now he's going up against Steph, who is like the uncrowned point guard king of the NBA, which I could totally see get his juices flowing, mm-hmm. and and I've said this before, I think his 59 pointer against Utah was sort of like him feeling himself a little bit like where how's my body doing right now am i ready for the playoffs can i can i outgun everyone i meet and yeah he probably can a little bit and i wouldn't be surprised at all if he averages like 32 35 point you know 35 points a game for the series that's also why coincidentally this is the series i look forward to the most even though it might possibly also be four sib dubs (laughs) which i mean because that is definitely a possibility yeah. But I, I'm just going to enjoy seeing Dame go, you know, all haterade on the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, me too. I forgot to ask you also, who are your X-Factors for this series? Yeah, yeah, Crab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has to be Crab, right? And, and for, right. The, for the Warriors, I think they're so good that they don't really have an X-Factor. Hmm. Like right now, I mean, when we get into the deeper contents of the playoffs, like conference finals or whatever then then the, that will be necessary right now it just i think they bring kind of like their b game and they get past portland somewhat easily yeah yeah i'm, I'm with you guys i'm going portland and five crab is my x factor for portland you know we saw we talked about portland and five Oh no! Sorry, Warriors and <laughs> five. Damn, yeah, Brian, that's a hot take right there. I wasn't even going to catch that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm saving my hot take for later. Uh, no, Warriors and five. Crab X Factor for Portland. Iggy just is all like the permanent X Factor for Warriors, but you know, just having that defense, uh, you know, against if if more if Dame gets into Lillard time, 
just sick mm-hmm. Iguodala on him, and Lillard time will come to a very quick end. Uh, all right, so let's go from one of the most fun, up-tempo, high-scoring series to possibly the lowest-scoring, slowest <laughs> first-round series. Sarah, your Spurs are facing the Memphis Grizzlies. They split the season series 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Talk to us about the keys for this series, Sarah. I'm just so unhappy about this. <laughs> it's, uh, man... And I, I remember I, I kind of predicted that the uh, Clippers were going to slip to seven mm-hmm. and be a nightmare for us. Mm-hmm. And like I don't even really know if I can be happy at all that that didn't happen. Certainly I'd be scared, um, especially because they're starting to play really well, um, which we'll talk about. But it's just, it seems so unfair to have to play either of them in the first round. But yeah. here we are. That's That's the West, so... Yeah, so the the keys to the series are really going to be, you know, Kawhi's going to get hounded. We saw uh, a preview of that in the last couple of Grizzlies games mm-hmm. uh, with the Spurs. And really it's going to be about how he responds to the double teams and how his teammates um, space around him and whether they hit open shots. That's really the, the biggest thing. Um, I mean, their defense will hopefully keep them in it regardless, but... It's you know I went through a lot of footage last night when I was you know not sleeping and then sleeping through the first hour of the podcast <laughs> here, um, and you know it there's been varying degrees of success uh, when Kawhi's been doubled. I think he's done a pretty good job of getting the ball out quickly, making good decisions, um, but a lot of times the spacing is just off. So as a team, they're going to have to be prepared for being in the right places. Uh, to, to have some success when they're defended that way. And honestly, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. You know, every every series is its own animal. And mm-hmm. um, I think even the Spurs have been saying lately, Manu Ginobili had a great quote of, you know, asked if they were ready for the playoffs. And he said, it's it's like being a dad. You don't know until it happens. <laughs> so, oh, you know, that's a good quote. Yeah. Wow. Not, not super encouraging, but I understand that you don't really know, uh, especially when you end the last few games with with uh, games that don't matter. It's really weird to judge. Sure. You know, they haven't been playing very well, but they haven't had any reason to play well, except for <laughs> that it would be nice. Um, so that's the biggest thing for me. How are they going to respond to the, the double teams? Because Memphis is, is going to defend them well and very physically. Can confirm mm-hmm. regarding so, the dad thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good dad advice, Manu. So, Sarah, who do you think they, is it just going to be Tony Allen? Then who else do you think they throw at Kawhi? It's going to be Tony Allen, and, you know, they threw a young guy at him, and I can't remember which one it was in the last game. I kind of want to say Wade Baldwin, although that doesn't seem right positionally, hmm. but I thought they had him on him briefly. And one other guy, let me look that up while you guys talk. <laughs> okay, so while you look that up, uh, cover your ears as well, because this okay. is Morton's time to talk about Tony Parker and <laughs> oh, no. whether he stands a chance against Mike Conley. Mort, what do you think? <sighs> nope. Nine. Nine. <laughs> <Multi-way>. La, la, <laughs> la, la. <laughs> no, okay, so... 
you know, Sarah just talked about Kawhi being hounded, and here's my point of view. Let's flip it around. Mm-hmm. Instead of having the Spurs being the one who's being chased, makes them the chaser. So I'm going to go back all the way to 1998, the Eastern Conference Finals. Bulls, Pacers, Scottie Pippen was put on Mark Jackson. Mm. Kawhi should go on Mike Conley. Wow. Start the game out on Mike Conley because that would just give them a whole different look. Then alternate Kawhi, Jonathan Simmons, and Danny Green on Mike Conley and let Tony just... Yeah, let Tony guard Tony. Tony <laughs> Allen, that is. Right. Tony on Tony. Because Tony Allen is not going to do anything offensively. So you can yeah. hide Parker there, and then he can sort of, I guess, use whatever energy he has left in that old, old body of his offensively. <laughs> and, you know, whatever. Look, I'm at that point where whatever Tony gives you offensively is a positive. Yeah. I mean he hasn't been a, a, a good player all year long he's he's been dreadful defensively offensively he's barely struggled to average 10 points a game so if if you can hide him defensively by all means do it and if that means that you can force memphis into some really weird looks by throwing Kawhi at at mike do it do mm-hmm. it yeah and we should also mention i mean if they do Kawhi, they could also throw Danny Green on him, Patty Mills off the bench, Jonathan right. Simmons. Like they have plenty of defensive options against Mike if Tony, as we expect, gets roasted. Uh Sarah, I want to throw this one back at you as well. Um, you know, you mentioned the Spurs defense earlier. They finished the year with the top ranked defense. Memphis was eighteenth in offense. So if Memphis, you know, let's say Hell, let's say Mike Conley goes off. Let's say Marcus Gasol goes off. Who is that third guy? Where are they going to get that other complimentary offense from? Well, Zebo is a guy off the bench who, who can do that. Um, yeah, for, for me, that's that's probably the best chance the Spurs have is that it, the Grizzlies. You know, you're not facing the Warriors right off the bat, so. Mm-hmm. As Morton mentioned, you have a guy like Tony Allen that is not a great threat, so you can hide Tony Parker on him a little bit. Um, they they did do that uh, in previous games this season, and honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna flip Morton's argument on his head a little bit, and I'm I'm gonna put Tony Parker as an X factor Ooh. because Ooh. I feel like that is. Pretty clearly, when if they're going to give up somebody being open, Tony Parker is going to be the one. I've seen mm-hmm. that uh, with the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Uh, he he often ends up being the guy who just happens to be open on that rotation. So uh, if he hits open shots, which he did hit a big one uh, a few weeks ago against the Grizzlies, uh, Kawhi was kind of dribbling into the middle of the floor, drew all the defense. Tony's open for three in the corner, so... That, to me, is going to be the X factor. He's going to get open looks, and if he knocks him down, Spurs have a good chance to win. I like that pick. Uh, Mort, <laughs> who are your X factors for the series? Well, that is the San Antonio defense in its entirety. Is I mean, look, when you have that defensive flexibility and you can close down one of the best scores on your the opposing team, like really it's it comes down to Marc Gasol 
and Mike Conley as the primary scorers. Take just one of those guys away, and that team struggles mightily to put points on the board. So mm-hmm. for me, the X factor is San Antonio's defense. Fortunately for the Spurs, I have so much confidence in that defense that I'm projecting a sweep for wow. Spurs. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. What do you think about that, Sarah? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is it's such a weird series to judge. Uh, I'll have a little better idea once it starts, maybe. But um, I feel oh, like anything could happen. rational. <laughs> I feel like anything could happen from the Spurs winning in five or six to the Spurs losing the series. Wow. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's likely, but <laughs> it, it definitely could happen. Um, if they get into those those droughts where they just get bogged down offensively. Uh, I don't want to think about it. But anyway. Well, <laughs> Memphis um, does too, though. That's yeah. true. And that gives them a, a chance, so. Um, by the way, I think it might have been Ennis, who also was guarding oh, Kawhi. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes um, sense. Yeah, so uh, I think my official prediction then would be Spurs and Six. Kind of trying to play it safe a little bit. I like it. Yeah, that's mine too. I, you, I think your pessimism about the Spurs has rubbed <laughs> off on me. Where I, I, you know, I just, I fear that for whatever reason, it doesn't matter who's on both of these teams. The Grizzlies just play the Spurs tough, and I feel mm-hmm. like there's gonna be a game where Tony gets annihilated, and you know Mike Conley goes off. Um, I feel like there's probably gonna be a game where Marcus All goes off. That said, I do think the Spurs. I'm not that worried about them losing the series in total unless like god forbid Kawhi goes down uh i think patty mills is going to be a big x factor if tony mm-hmm. is not you know if tony can't keep up with uh mike conley and if you know tony allen has <laughs> those games right yeah when uh and mike you know tony allen has those games where like he does not take kindly to that disrespect he hits like three or four threes and you're like uh-oh now <laughs> now we can't hide anyone so maybe patty mills gets a little more run I think Jermichael Green's going to be big for Memphis if they are to pull off the upset. You know, I I think he's going to see a lot of LaMarcus Aldridge, at least at first. So if he can battle LMA to somewhat of a standstill, uh, it's going to be a big, big thing to swing in terms of Memphis. So that's, I'm going to say, unless you're a Spurs or a Grizzlies fan, you're probably going to want to avert your eyes for that series because it's going to be a lot of low-scoring games. So let's go to another high-scoring one. Rockets, Thunder, the battle of the MVP candidates. Here's the question, guys. Do you think OKC's supporting cast is going to be able to carry the load? Or is it just going to be Russ needs to put up 15, or 50, 15, and 10 every game for them to have a chance? Ooh. I mean, why change the formula? <laughs> right. I mean, on on some level, on some level, I mean, Russ took them there. It's only appropriate if he continues what he's done. Having said that, having guys step up is always a huge positive. And given the increased intensity intensity of the playoffs, I would hope that Victoria Depot takes on more of a a scoring role, a playmaking role. Mm-hmm. The chances of that happening, though, right? right. I mean, that's where I am. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Russ is forced to average damn near 40 a night for mm-hmm. him to, to survive this. 
defensively speaking, however, they look good. Okay, so mm-hmm. he does. Steven yeah. Adams inside is is a strong defender. You know, Oladipo, as I just mentioned, is a, is a strong defensive two guard when he wants to be. It's just the fact that he's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You have Tosh Gibson who can switch on everything and still be effective defensively. I think Tosh is going to be... Yeah, we can just take the X-Factor immediately. For me, it's Tosh Gibson. Gibson. Um, So so I do think that the Rockets are going to be in for a very physical series, at least if they go to the rim. And as we know, you know, Maury Ball isn't just a three-pointer. It's also getting shots at the rim. Uh, They are obviously the most dangerous three-point shooting team in the league based on volume but they can't survive solely off of that. They will need to get to the rim. They will need to manufacture shots around the basket, and that's where I think that OKC can establish himself a little bit better. How that's going to work out in practice is obviously difficult to say, but I'm leaning towards the Rockets still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's keep our attention on the OKC defense for a second, because James Harden just shot across the four regular season games. He shot 24 of 70 against OKC, which was the fourth worst field goal percentage he had against any team this year. A lot of that is due to Andre Roberson. So Sarah, how do you think the Rockets get James Harden going here? That's a good question, because Roberson is a guy that, as as perimeter defenders go, I have the most respect for him, uh, the way that he's guarded Kawhi um, Mm. just recently in the last few years so it's it's gonna be tough i i want to say you know try to try to get him going off ball a little bit but that's just really not the way the rockets operate um so they're gonna have to bring the screens and they're gonna have to set solid screens Mm -hmm. um to me the, the matchup that I'm most looking forward to because I hadn't even thought about Roberson and, and Harden is um, obviously Patrick Beverly and Westbrook. Yeah. I think that's, you know, they have the bad blood there and <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. They really are kind of like offensive, defensive mirrors of each other, you know, the way that they just come at it 100% all the time. Um, so it, it, it could potentially be a really tough series for the Rockets. Uh, to get going, but at the same time, they've got Beverly to throw back at, at the guy who makes everything run for, for the Thunder, so I'm actually really looking forward to the series. Like part, part of me really wants to to, to pick uh, the Thunder, even though the regular season has given us no reason to do that, but man, I'm just hoping that the defense is going to be really good which will probably piss everybody off because they're looking for high scoring in the series but but i think it has a potential to be um a rival with spurs grizzlies wow that grind it out type of thing well they'll score more because they'll fire more threes but it it could be kind of ugly grind it stuff yeah more you mentioned steven adams you know last year was kind of his in the playoffs at least it was kind of his like breakout he looked like you know yeah. a budding star at center, and then this year, uh, I don't want to say he took a step back because he still played really well this year, but he didn't quite build upon that breakoff performance like we expected him to. So, do you think this these playoffs are going to be the return of Stephen Adams' like star sidekick? Well, I always thought those expectations were ridiculous, honestly. Mm. 
like he, he, were, he had a nice playoff series and and people were like crowning him to be an all-star center or not not in a, a nice all, uh, playoff series like he had a re- really good playoff run essentially mm-hmm. but people just kind of expected him to develop completely new skills that he hadn't shown any ability of having beforehand like no he would he would come you know he would sort of iron out his flaws and his weaknesses and I, I still think he's done a terrific job he's a he's a terrific defender he rebounds well he runs the court he can play the pick and roll he can even finish some post-ups and that's who he is i mean i don't really know what people were expecting of him, of him. I, to become rudy gobert what I mean, right he's not <laughs> seven two he doesn't have arms that reaches to the moon you know but i, I think he can build on what he is already by just yeah keep being really disciplined in what he does when he makes the proper defensive rotation how he reads the floor defensively so what i would like to see him if if i'm asking anything of him i would just want him to take more shots i i do like the fact that he has this understanding of what a good shot is and i want him to use utilize that a little bit more he doesn't rush things and he has a nice little hook and he's got some moves down there and it seems like the thunder have gone away from that a little bit to just to sort of satisfy Russ and all his usage. So if Russ could sacrifice just a bit of that and let some of those shots go inside to, to Adams, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel it could be interesting. Like, Adams against Clint Capella, I mean, I would take Adams there. Yeah. All right, so you you have tapped OKC's front court as a big X factor. Uh, right. Sarah, who do you think of the X factors in this series? I actually like the point that Morton just made because I kind of had Stephen Adams as my X factor. Oh, okay. Um, I I don't really anticipate the Thunder changing up what they do very much, mm-hmm. um, but I do think they would benefit from giving Stephen Adams a few more for looks on in the inside there. Um, also, yeah, I don't want him to get outside too much of who he is. I I think his defense is going to be big and his rebounding. But there again, you know, are they done now kind of letting Russ have all the rebounds? Or, you know, I, it's it's been a weird kind of year. But um, I guess it's fine if, if he's going to take people off the glass and Russ can mm-hmm. come in and get the rebounds and, and push the break. But um, to me, that he's the X factor. I, I want to see his defense and rebounding. Don't let the, the Rockets get extra chances. Um, clean up some of those those shots that we as we know the thunder aren't very good shooters so get get extra possessions that to me is is what would give them the best chance yeah i I like that pick from both of you i'm gonna take roberson just because of the stat i mentioned earlier you know if you slow down james harden like if you don't slow james harden slow down james (laughs) harden you don't have a chance so you need to at least sort of cut the head off the snake and then maybe you do uh, for Houston, I like Lou Williams, you know, because if, if Roberson does succeed against Harden, then you need that kind of supplementary scoring, especially off the bench. Eric Gordon hasn't been great since Lou Williams came to town. Uh, so, you know, maybe I, you know, I, I like, I like the matchup of Lou Williams versus Samaj Kristen. I'll say that much. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think for that reason, you know, I've seen a lot of, picks this morning about like predictions for this series a lot of houston and six houston and seven i saw some even okc and seven i'm going houston and five what about you sarah wow damn uh, i'm leaning houston and six myself 
think, you know, it has the potential to be kind of tight, but the Rockets just have so much firepower, you know. If I had to pick a an X factor for them, it's kind of hard to pick one out of all the shooters, but yeah. I like Ryan Anderson. Mm, that's a good and, one. And um, potentially Capella, because you, you kind of need, like you said, if, if Harden's struggling a little bit, and or any of the shooters, if they go cold, which they, they do for, for, from time to time, uh, you need that role man to kind of be that that pressure release. So right. uh, I would like Capella as well. I like that. Mort, you seem surprised by my Houston 5. Where, where do you see the series? Uh, Seven-game Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Russ is not going to give up here. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that his sheer willpower is so insane that he's going to force it each like and every it. time. I mean, I've... You know, advanced metrics. Russ just looks at that and shakes his head. I mean, he's yeah. gonna go absolutely ape. He's gonna look at the score continuously throughout every game. Okay, we need a bucket. Okay, we need a rebound. We need to do this. We need to do that. And he's gonna just go get it. Um, at the end of the day, I just think, okay, see, he's gonna lose out on raw talent. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's gonna be close. And side note to that, if one of these guys should win, end up winning the MVP award. And that certain someone is the one who was bounced in the first round. Awkward. <laughs> well, we won't find out until June twenty sixth. Yeah. Right, but luckily. still, like, yeah. that's that's Dirk level unfortunate, yeah. right? Yeah, right, right, right. All right, let's move on to Clippers Jazz. Probably the uh, I would argue the closest of the first round series. Uh, Clippers won at three one during the regular season. So, Sarah, we got to ask who wins the battle of the bigs: DeAndre Jordan or Rudy Gobert? Oh boy, <laughs> that's gonna be a fun matchup because I know a lot of people felt like Gobert was snubbed for All Star, maybe mm-hmm. even Gobert himself. Um, so this would be a good, good opportunity for him to kind of prove that. Um, man, it's it's hard to pick because I even when when the the All Star thing was going on, I felt like they were so close. Um, they really do similar things. Uh, even even down to the strange free throw shooting, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I kind of want to lean Gobert. Thank which, you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I shouldn't because I just saw DeAndre kind of destroy my Spurs up close and personal. But <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think I'm giving Gobert the edge here. Mort, it sounds like you agree. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Gobert is arguably the best center in the league right now, mm-hmm. which is like a fair point to take up. His defense is actually impactful, whereas DeAndre's is somewhat shaky. I mean, look, he's being billed as this defensive-minded center. He he is defensive-minded, and he is a, a good defender, but his defensive impact has always been grossly overestimated. Mm-hmm. Uh he, he really scores strictly off of lobs primarily. Uh, Gobert has a game. Yeah. He has a hook, and he understands angles. He understands where to cut, where to move. They're both elite rebounders. Gobert is, is longer, more agile. He's a better shot blocker. Um, it's it's sort of a shame that he has to to match up against DeAndre a whole bunch because he, he has to. DeAndre is a lob target all the time like if I could put Gobert on Blake Griffin consistently I would do it but then you would force mm. Derek Favors to play DeAndre I'm, I don't like that matchup specifically 
but I, I guess it could work here and there. But no, I mean, Gobert for me wins this matchup, hands down. Like, uh, the fact that DeAndre made the all-star team and, and Rudy didn't is it's a joke. Yeah, <laughs> so you brought up favors. I, I want to ask two questions about that. One, what do you expect from him out of this series? And two, you know, Blake Griffin, I feel like every year he turns it up to the next level in the playoffs. Do you think playoff Blake comes back? Ooh, uh, I hope so. Definitely hope so. And given that he is a free agent this summer, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, he w- he just has to remind people that he's still Blake effing Griffin, right? Right. Uh, because he does have these lulls where he just goes down a little bit and, and sort of hangs around but doesn't really stand out a whole lot. I mean, he, when you look at his, his line, it's, it's perfectly fine. 21.5 points, 8 rebounds, almost 5 assists in 34 minutes. That's good, but if you're going to go super max on him this summer, you know, you would probably want a guy who in the playoffs can get you 25 and 12. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I really hope that he, he gets going. The question is, depending on the defensive matchups, like, you know, who knows? Quinn Snyder could put Gobert on, on Griffin. If that's the case, I doubt that he would have a similar impact. And into your question regarding uh, Derek Favors, I'm not really sure what you can expect from him. He's been injured a whole lot. He mm-hmm. doesn't really seem to fit well with Gobert, so they shouldn't be on the court a whole lot at the same time. They should mm-hmm. sort of stagger them a little bit. And at this point, I'm just I'm happy for whatever he gives you offensively, and yeah. I would just like I would ask him to defend his ass off. Yeah, that seems like a fair expectation. Uh, Sarah, do the Clippers have anyone that can stop Gordon Hayward? Not, not really. <laughs> uh, Luke Mbamute has, has done a decent job defensively this year. Um, yeah, but I, I think Hayward's kind of progressed to that level. I mean, even uh, against Spurs, you know, he, he used to really kind of get owned by Kawhi, and lately he's drawn just a little closer. <laughs> you know, he's, he's had a breakout year, all-star year. I think he's really confident right now, so... Yeah, I think I think he's going to have a good series. I don't think that the Clippers necessarily need to stop him, though. So I think they could be okay uh, with him having a strong series. Uh, to me, the matchup I'm most excited about it is uh, George Hill and Chris Paul. Yeah. I'm yeah. really, really excited to see how that one goes. Uh, I think that could, could really turn the series um, if, if George can kind of defend and bother uh, Chris with his length, then they have a really, really good chance to get out of this one. But that said, Chris Paul is the point god, and (laughs) he doesn't seem to be bothered by much ever. Uh, But I still still think Georgie's going to get his shots in. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Who do you think are the X Factors in this series? You know, I feel like... Joe Johnson's going to hit a game winner at some point. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know. Seven-time All-Star um, Joe Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Rodney Hood, potentially. Yeah, that's my guy. Yep. There you go. Me too. But, um, let me think for the Clippers, who would it be? Maybe, I mean, it's kind of silly to pick him because he's not really an X-Factor, but JJ's definitely, if he gets hot, he can yep. turn it. 
um, Austin Rivers, maybe, <laughs> off the one. bench, you know. He, he can always turn it on for a game or two and and uh, turn things, too. So those would probably be my picks. I like it. So more, you you and I are both in agreement about Rodney Hood, so I, I mean, we could talk briefly about that, but who's your Clippers guy? Maurice Bates. Yes! We're in That's agreement all around. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. Long-range shooter this year. Nailed over 100 triples. Didn't see that one coming. Yep. Um, will really stretch the the bigs out for, for Utah. And that's going to be problematic. So I, I could see them get I could see him get a little bit more extended run. I don't mm-hmm. think he should be limited to, you know, the 15, 16 minutes a game. It seems like he's always getting that, you know, in that situation. Like he's being underutilized. I know that he's not a strong defender, but what he gives you offensively, like he's a point per minute guy at times. So I would I would use him, especially in the series where you are up against a tough defensive minded team like Utah. Like yeah. you need a guy who can come in there and just get straight up buckets. Yeah. I mean I think I I would hesitate to use him in like a thirty five minute per game role because I don't oh, think sure. he's putting up thirty five points. But yeah, I'm with you. I think he's gonna play a big role in this series, especially because, you know, Utah's bigs are more conventional. You don't want favors and go bear traveling out to the three point line. And the fact that Spades now has three point range you know, I, and he's like, this is what he did with the Warriors for how many years, right? Like, he came off the bench, he scored 15 in 18 minutes, he helped yeah. swing games for them. Like, <laughs> so he's a, I think he's going to definitely at least swing one game for the Clippers. That said, I'm picking Utah here in six. What about you, Mort? Oh, I am right there. Six. Utah in Utah. six? Yeah. Okay. How about you, Sarah? I really want Utah to come out of it. Because uh, I just like to see them them advance to face the Warriors. Not that it won't probably be a bloodbath, but that's right. that's what I'd like to see. I'm not interested in any more Warriors Clippers. <laughs> right. <laughs> really, really not. Um, that said, I just I'm not sure if they're ready. I I love their talent. I I really think they're a really good team. Obviously, they've been a bear defensively. But I worry that the Clippers are starting to pull it together here at the end of the season. And this is a big run for them. You know, we've talked about the uncertainty surrounding them uh, going into the summer. So I, I think they're going to pull it out, uh, Clippers in six. I like it, yeah. I, I should clarify, most of my pick is just because I have no interest in Clippers Warriors. So I'm trying to will a <laughs> <laughs> Jazz Warriors series because I think that'll be more entertaining. Uh, all right, Mort, we're going to switch to the Eastern Conference. I spared you, but we need to talk about Celtics Bulls. Oh, fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, the Nets decided to rest basically everyone with the Pulse, gave the Bulls a free run to the playoffs. So I think the big key here is going to be rebounding, right? So Chicago is fourth in rebound percentage. Boston is 27th. We've talked about this a lot. Al Horford is just not that great on the glass. So, Mort, do you think that comes back to bite Boston in this series? <clears throat> well, Brian, you uh, actually answered your own question because in your notes, you gave <laughs> away a nice little nugget that I hadn't realized, and that is Chicago is only 12th in the league in rebounding since the trade deadline because they said adios to Taj Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Boston, in the meantime, during that span, is 13th. So they are equally you know, average on the glass. I think Boston takes this one somewhat handedly because 
who do you really have on Chicago who, who can step up outside of Jimmy? You know, Dwayne has been extremely bad defensively all year long. He's not he's no longer this consistent shot maker. He has these games where he just goes two for seven, that's kind of it. Rondo is, you know, hot and cold almost all the time. The youngsters aren't ready. It just seems like a really, really bad matchup for the Bulls. Yeah. Boston's defense is right there. Horford, even though he's not a great rebounder, is a great passer. He's a great shooter, and he will carve them up inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, no disagreement there. So, Sarah, I want to ask you this because I know Mort's stance. Uh, do you think Fred Hoiberg at any point in this series will realize that he cannot play the three alphas together? <laughs> I mean, potentially. <laughs> there's always that chance um he seemed like you know right at the end of the season he, he kind of figured out how to effectively use rondo what's rondo's status by the way uh he played he plays he against did? the nets so he's okay. yeah he should be good to go all right then mvp rondo's coming <laughs> <laughs> gonna come good. back and haunt the celtics <laughs> um you know i but I, I kind of... Well, I'll save my prediction. I'll save it. Never mind. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll take that one then, and I'm going to say he will not realize it, and it will be <laughs> the end of the Bulls. Because, you know, they found a rhythm, kind of. I mean, as much as the Bulls ever found a rhythm this mm-hmm. year, but the Rondo-Butler-Zipser-Mirotic-Lopez starting five, like, you, you add spacing... And all of a sudden, it makes sense to have Rondo next to Jimmy. But if you put Rondo, Wade, and Butler, you're gonna get murdered. So, do you think he's really he's really gonna go right back to that? He did they last did. night. They were playing well. Oh god. Yeah, he, yeah. he definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Fred doesn't have the uh, the personality to to really you know dictate what's what's has to happen with with stars of that carries a certain name like. He will jerk the the youngsters around mm-hmm. all the time, but like when it comes to Wade, Rondo, and Butler, he's a scared little putty cat. <laughs> and, I mean, that's where we are. Um, yeah. He is not an NBA coach. It's true. When I think about it, I don't really envision him like benching Wade. Yeah. So. Right. Even though that is extremely yeah. necessary for yeah. balance, so that's why it's not going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all a right. Shame. So let's just go right into the X factors here. Vort, who do you think's the X factor for Chicago and Boston? Well, for Boston, it's probably Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. How he do? How he's going to defend Jimmy? Because if he can just slow Jimmy down, it's going to be a four-game sweep. Yeah, I, I mean it really <laughs> is because Jimmy is the heart and soul of this Chicago team. So if he can be slowed down, it's it's a straight-up murder. <laughs> but if if he can't, if he can't, the Bulls might squeeze out a game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a one-game difference, but Jay Crowder is, is the guy who determines if the Celtics loses a game or not. Yeah. And if, if you look at it in that perspective. And for the Bulls, the X-Factor, you know, they, it has to be Jimmy as well, sort of, mm. because he has to step up and be, you know, MVP caliber Jimmy throughout the entire series. Uh-huh. And I would totally understand that he just can't continue putting on that kind of volume to himself i right. i would that would be completely understandable he's carried the, the team so far 
this year, I'm, I can't even imagine how tired he is right now. Yeah. Like if, and, and this is an interesting thing, because if we take the MVP award literal, mm-hmm. like I think he's in, in the top three. In yeah. terms of most important, most valuable to his team. To his team, like, right. If, if the Bulls had won 50 games, I would probably have argued that Jimmy should have won the MVP. Oh, I'm so I glad mean, we were spared for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but you know, yeah. considering what he's doing, like, he's right, the right, right. only one there who who doesn't have, like, a major deficiency. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, okay, Sarah, who are your X Factors for this series? <laughs> you guys are laughing, and I'm not, I'm not a Bulls fan anymore, guys. You've got to quit this. I know, I know. <laughs> Slam! I'm just, I'm just slamming my door into my my bedroom now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not mad at the Crowder pick. Um, it's funny because I was considering picking Jimmy too, but uh, <laughs> I'll pick Nico uh, oh, if, if he could provide a little bit of help. That that would sure, sure be nice for Jimmy. Yeah, that's a really good pick. Uh, I'm also going Jay for the same reasons you guys are. I think his defense is going to be the difference maker against Jimmy. That said, if he, you know, maybe Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart, they throw at Jimmy too. So that's, I think it's going to be a by committee thing more than just glue Jay to Jimmy the entire time. Uh, for Chicago, Jerry and Grant played well in Rondo's absence. So, yeah, you know, maybe he gets hot off the bench and does some things. Also, I mean, Fred Hoiberg is an X Factor. If he like he has the pieces it's just if he figures out how to cobble together a sensible rotation you know no more laverne you put felicio ahead of him no more mcw he is terrible do not play mcw in the playoffs like this could be more of a fun series than it looks like on paper if hoiberg does his job well but none of us have faith in him to do that so for that reason i'm going boston in five more sounds like you're ready to call it a sweep no, uh, because I think Jimmy is that good. Oh, so you you also Boston in five? Boston in five. Here's the here's the really weird part though. It would have been better for Chicago to actually get the Cavs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Simply they because they them. had they swept them in the regular season, so there is like this mental thing going on there because they are ready for that matchup. Like the Bulls have this weird tendency they play down to the level of competition and then they step up against good teams Mm -hmm. i mean just look at the record against toronto as well so boston for some reason boston doesn't really register to them as as some as a great (laughs) team because they're just really lackadaisical when it's against boston but when it's against cleveland they get up big time so in that in you know they would they would probably have lost against cleveland as well but they Mm -hmm. would have given them a proper fight yeah. Whereas I, I think Boston escapes this first round series pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, it sounds like you've got a hot take coming for this prediction. <laughs> I was going to try to, you know, completely deadpan and pick bulls and six. But <laughs> just just for Morton's reaction, but, but I can't even do it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I do actually have Celtics in six, and logically, like I feel like there's no reason except for I really do have that much faith in Jimmy Butler, <laughs> so uh, that's really it. I don't know how he's going to pull out two games, but I feel like he is. Yeah, that's it's totally possible. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's he's that good. I mean, yeah. he really is, and, and it's really a problem that 
he hasn't gotten that respect. It's, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, the incompetency level of Chicago has just overshadowed Jimmy as a player, which is really unfortunate. And thank, you know, side notes that, thank God that James Hollis has been, you know, talking about Jimmy for the past week. He's been on a, he's been on a tear there. And, yeah. Maybe yeah. this could be the, like, the series where he convinces Danny Ainge to trade everything for him. He just plays so well that he's like, you effed up by not trading yeah. for me at the deadline. Trade for me. Get me out of Chicago. Oh, yeah. Da Danny Ainge is probably the winner of this series, regardless yeah. of what happens. Right. But he, he is going to get so much insight and so much data on Jimmy yeah. working to his benefit come summer. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Cavs Pacers. Cleveland won this one in the regular season 3 2 Yeah, one. baby. I'm just going to go into the microphone here. Right. So that's, I mean, clearly the top story is Lance versus LeBron in the playoffs again. But the actual top story, Cleveland's been kind of bad for the last month and a half. And, you know, we talked last week, they they whomp on Boston, and it's like, oh, all right, cool, everything's okay with Cleveland. Then they lose, the Hawks rest everyone, they lose. They blow a 26-point fourth quarter lead against the Hawks while they're playing everyone and lose in overtime. Then they rested, you know, LeBron and Kyrie the last two games. So you can't really draw any conclusions there. But is this a team where do you think they can flip the switch defensively and, you know, show a whole new level? Or are they in trouble here? Well, they're in trouble because you, if they had the ability to flip the switch, they would have done so a while back. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that LeBron is not a guy who wants to finish or, you know, he, he doesn't want to adjust at the later stages of the season. He, he wants to have things running smoothly uh, because he's smart <laughs> and smart <laughs> players and smart teams want to know, you know, what are we going into here? Coming in with that disadvantage is just not a good thing at all. So I, I do see that they're a bit in trouble, but it's against the Pacers. I think they'll survive. The Pacers had a lot of trouble. Um, I don't know how Jeff Teague, he went down last night. I'm not really sure if there's been an update. Like, he broke oh. his ankle. Um, I haven't seen an update, so I'm not sure if he's ready or not. Mm, okay. But, it, you know, the Pacers should have been a lot better than yeah. what they were this year. I mean, with that starting lineup, the level of talent is significant and they under delivered mm -hmm. so I, I think this is the perfect series for the Cavs it's going to give them a test but not a big enough test to really you know that make them feel unsafe mm. uh, they probably going to take it in six I imagine okay. May maybe maybe five but it's, it's 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 good for them to have this sort of guy you know going up against this sort of guy like Paul George who is dynamic yeah. and can score 30 if he wants to because that's the type of player they're going to meet over the course of the playoffs. So, yeah. Uh, so, no to the flipping of the switch. Yes to the fact that they need the reps and having the same opponent for this long could potentially give them a switch. Yeah, I'm right with you, Mort. I think this is like the good get-right series for Cleveland. And I'm glad you brought up Paul George because, Sarah, I think that's the big matchup we need to talk about. You know, we saw that double overtime game against the Pacers a couple weeks ago. Um, where kind of Paul George and LeBron went mano a mano for about 50 minutes. So who do you think the Cavs stick on Paul George to give LeBron a break defensively and vice versa? Who do the Pacers have to put on LeBron and, you know, save Paul George's energy? That's all I want, isn't it? You know, 
this kind of nostalgic. Like, I don't want to put that expectation on it, but can we get one more good series with Paul George and LeBron? That would Mm -hmm. be lovely. Um, Defensively, I think the Pacers are going to throw a few different guys at LeBron. Hopefully it'll be a lot of Paul George, but obviously they're going to, both teams are going to, you know, pick their spots. Um, C.J. Miles might get a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Lance. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> those those fourth quarter minutes, if the game's still close, it's going to be Paul. Um, vice, on the other end, uh, is, is Shumpert healthy? Yeah, he's just not okay. super in the rotation, but he is, yeah. he is alive. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he gets back into the rotation uh, to try to give LeBron a break. Um, they don't have a lot of defensive specialists left, do they? Yeah, so, no. I guess Richard Jefferson, maybe. But yeah, that's, potentially. Yeah, they. That's, that's kind of yeah. where my my thinking that's is. That's stretching it, though. That's yeah. really <laughs> stretching it. But like both teams don't really have. You know, it's not like that Spurs series where the Spurs have four guys they could throw it by Conley. Like neither one of these mm-hmm. teams has a lot of options outside of. Hey man, like you're gonna, you're our superstar. You're gonna have to play both ways really hard the whole game. So maybe Derek Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know I he's so. not like the best defender, but in a in a playoff series where one game can make a ton of difference, like, yeah, he's got yeah. the physical tool set. That's like six nine two thirty five, somewhat agile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, all right, so Mort, who do you think are the X factors for this series? Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. I I, I suppose Jeff Teague. Now I, I I just read up on it by the way. He is slated to return for game one, so we'll okay. see if he's being affected or not. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jeff Teague is not George Hill, so he's not as great defensively, but he's no slouch. Yeah. So if he can sort of keep Kyrie just a little bit in check, that would be a huge positive thing for Indy. Because mm-hmm. they need to see that the you know Cleveland is a bad defensive team, but they're a strong offensive team. So if they can lower the offensive output just a little bit, that goes a long way. Yeah. So in that sense, I I want to see Teague just really step up to the plate defensively, and I just like focus and tunnel all this energy just in going to I'm gonna try my damnedest to shut down Kyrie mode, mm-hmm. and I suppose for for Cleveland, it's it's Tristan Thompson I think. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, because Tristan, he's not a shot blogger, but he's he's a, he's a very solid pick-and-roll defender, and he's also a, a pretty good interior defender. And Miles Turner is, is mm-hmm. one of those guys who could be, you know, also an X-factor in, 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 you know, in his own right. He can shoot, he can score near the basket, he's, he can rebound. He, he does a lot of things. So if Tristan can get a body on him and make life difficult for him, you are going to put a whole lot more responsibility on the shoulders of Paul George, and that's not always sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, I like that Tristan pick a lot. Uh, Sarah, who do you have as the X-Factors for this one? I'm going Corver and um, C.J. Miles. Oh, C.J., that's good. Yeah. yeah. Although I'd like to give a little nod to Monte because, you know, he, he could maybe turn it on for a game, <laughs> get hot and, and turn it turn a game around. So, But, yeah, I'd like to pick C.J. Miles. I like that. Monta, Monta has it all for one yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he hasn't had it all for the whole season, so let's see. <laughs> it, 
There's uh, always that one game, Brian. Yeah, that's true. Playoff time. Well, I'm going Lance just because I know there's going to be some nonsense. <laughs> and I, I don't know yeah. what it's going to be or how it's going to swing a game. But you know he's going to like try to incite a riot again. Maybe he gets two technicals on LeBron and gets him ejected. Who knows? Uh, Cleveland, I'm going J.R. Smith just because he was really bad when he came back from that wrist injury for a while. And then he got pretty good. And then he cooled off again at the end of the regular season. And he's he's basically been Cleveland's bellwether for the last couple of years, right? Like when he gets hot, they're really mm-hmm. they're almost unstoppable. But then yeah. he has one of those three of thirteen games, and <laughs> suddenly it's like the big three just doesn't have enough help. So he's mine. Uh, you know, <laughs> when I I originally made my prediction last night, and I said Cleveland at six, and then I saw a stat I think from Brian Windhorst that said. LeBron James teams are 40 and 7 in the first round, and now I'm going to Cleveland in 5. What about you, Mort? <laughs> oh, screw historical context. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, 6. Okay. Cavs. Cleveland, yeah. Okay. And Sarah, how about you? Yeah, to me, this is one of the more difficult ones to uh, predict just because of everything you guys mentioned already that, you know, the Pacers have been kind of uninspired and strange and listless all year but then the Cavs have been bad lately so uh and it, you know I don't like Morton said I'm not sure there's a switch or it, it probably would have been flipped by now but that said I I think I'm gonna go Cavs in six as well I I feel bad for changing my prediction but you guys are probably gonna be right <laughs> I'm mad I saw Brian Maybe Whitworth's not. tweet well yeah here's the thing though I mean LeBron doesn't really need to assert himself right now it's sure. the first round, so so that's really... If LeBron had to really assert himself, I would probably say sweep Cavs because yeah. LeBron is that good. Right. I, ju- I think he's waiting. He's had, what, five, five consecutive trips to the finals? Six, six or, I think. Six. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. six, right? Yeah. Six. So, I mean, he's tired. He's still yeah. tired. It's it's amazingly. I, it's So, obviously, he's going to wait for, uh, you know, as as long as humanly possible to right. really turn into LeBron Godfrey mode, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if he can last that, you know, make that last for to, you know, the Eastern Conference finals, why not? I let him coast for the first two rounds. I mean, he's not, he's, he hasn't been the problem. It's yeah. been the rest of the team. And that's <laughs> right. not, you know, that's, that's harsh because a leader always carries a certain level of responsibility, but he hasn't been the guy who's just, consistently blown defensive coverages yeah like he's taken plays off yeah he's 32 i want to say it's kind of understandable with that mileage so yeah all right uh let's move on to raptors bucks the raptors won this one regular season series three to one sarah what how did the raptors slow down Giannis? (laughs) there again uh Similar to how I felt about Gordon Hayward, uh, I don't know that they can, but I'm not sure that they have to. Interesting. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna romp a little bit, and that'll be okay. Obviously, you, you try to somehow get in front of him, not let him have those crazy transition plays, and uh, try to force him to take those outside shots. But that length is so hard to overcome. Uh, he he pretty much gets where he wants to go. Um, you know, you could you could try PJ Tucker, who I have a lot of respect for, but he, he doesn't really have the size. 
it's it's gonna be fun <laughs> but yeah I mean Milwaukee just doesn't have a lot of help at this point so Giannis can go off and it's not gonna be a huge deal for the Raptors yeah that's a good point uh more you and I are both big Chris Middleton stands yeah do you think do you think this is his coming out party yeah that's the guy that you need to worry about if you're Toronto I mean, look, Giannis is going to get his. He is already at that level now as a superstar. That he's, you know, whatever you do in terms of throws, specific looks at him, whatever, Giannis is going to average, you know, at the very least, like 27, 5, 2, and 2. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, his, that's his basement, which is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> Chris Middleton, on the other hand, is this sneaky sniper who is strong defensively, strong on the ball in terms of creating opportunities for himself, a great mid-range shooter, terrific three-point shooter. He's an underrated playmaker. Not the best of rebounders, but that doesn't matter because you have rebounders alongside him. The Bucks have length length for days. Uh, He's a low-mistake guy as well. He's just solid. So Mm -hmm. all-around solid. And now he's had 29 games to get back into it after his injury. I think he is an absolute candidate to just break out big time and give the Bucks a huge boost. Yeah, I think, Sarah, I'm glad you mentioned P.J. Tucker because I think this is this series is going to be proof of why Toronto traded for him at the trade deadline because Damari Carroll's been kind of hit or miss all year. But now that they mm-hmm. have Tucker, they could stick him on Giannis if they need to. They could stick him on Middleton and like try to do a Carroll-Tucker forward rotation and have a Baca at the five like they have so much uh positional versatility that I think it's going to come really really in handy on this series in particular all right so Sarah the question is I think do you think you know Jason Kidd was pretty maligned for much of the year especially early on because of his questionable rotation choices do you think he has the coaching medal to out scheme Dwayne Casey in this series I, I wouldn't put my confidence there, no. Um, and I also just think that the Raptors have more, as you mentioned, uh, rotational guys to play with, so I don't think that's going to be a huge advantage for the Bucks now. All right, so who do you have as the X factors for this series? You know, I, until just a moment ago, I had forgotten about Michael Beasley. <laughs> so I actually I actually would have picked him. Uh, saw firsthand what he can do uh, in a game in San Antonio earlier this year. So I definitely feel like he could be an X factor. Um, for the Raptors, it's hard not to pick P.J. Tucker, who we already talked about. Um, but I also want to give Corey Joseph some love. Nice. Definitely can make a difference. That's a good, both are very good ones. Mort, how about you? X factors for this series. Demari Carroll. We talked about him being, you know, in, inconsistent. So mm-hmm. that's a huge talking point going into the series. He's he needs to be consistent. He's a guy who can play the three and uh, the four when you go small, and that's really necessary. He he needs to show why he was worth that deal. He needs to regain that defensive effort that he was known for. That hustle. Mm-hmm. And if he does that, the, the Toronto, the, their ceiling goes. Their, their ceiling becomes the roof. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where we're at. So I, I'm. I think Carroll definitely is is the X factor for Toronto. And I'm 
I'm having I'm taking a, a, a probably probably a strange pick, unconventional at least. John Henson oh. for Milwaukee, hmm. simply because I think he has been underutilized for years. Mm-hmm. I think he is a he's so long. He's a he's an underrated shot blocker. He's a good rebounder and he can score. Like he takes good shots and he can even shoot it just a little bit. He's not a liability at the three throw line, and his length I could see bother Jonas a hell, a hell of a lot, mm. really. Yeah, because he's agile, he's quick off his feet, and we we know that we've talked about on this podcast before that Jonas needs to get the ball a lot more. <laughs> right. That mm. that has become a thing. Like Toronto has made a concerned effort to give him the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So now to counter that, if you're Milwaukee, then John Henson looks like a pretty good bet. I like that pick. Uh, I'm actually I was staying in Milwaukee's front court. Greg Monroe, uh, you know, I think I had mm. him as my crush a couple weeks ago. It, he's been playing pretty well. Like he fell out of favor early in the year, but he's been playing really well off the bench for the last couple months. Uh, and you know, we mentioned Jonas doesn't always get that many minutes, but when he does, I feel like Monroe is probably better suited to play against Jonas than he is against Serge Ibaka at the five. So I feel like those are going to be. That's a matchup to watch. Um, for Toronto, I like the Corey Joseph pick as well, but uh, I'm going Norman Powell because as we oh you know, that's good as we talked about before, like there's always at least one game where some random bench guy goes off. Norman Powell's that guy. Like he very you know he was Terrence Ross was burying him a lot in the rotation until the trade deadline, but afterward, Norman Powell's breakout kind of made them more confident to be able to trade away Terrence Ross so I think he can fill that uh, six man scoring role pretty well that's that that's why I'm taking Toronto in five here how about you Mort yeah I have Toronto in five as well all right and Sarah what about you yeah I've gone back and forth I really wanted to give Milwaukee two games but but I think I have to go with you guys Toronto in five nice yeah, so that would set up a very fun Cavs Raptors series in the second round. Knock on wood, that will happen. Uh, all right, let's wrap things up with the Wizards and the Hawks. The Wizards won this one three to one during the regular season. Uh, we got word yesterday that Ian Mahinmi is out for at least uh, about the next week or so. They got a calf injury. So, Sarah, do you think Marcin Gortat's kind of been slumping in the last? couple months honestly do you think he's going to snap out of that late season slide or are Dwight Howard and Paul Millsap going to beat the Wizards up on the front court uh I yeah I'm going to put my faith in in the Polish hammer he's going <laughs> to I think he's going to play better but uh the second part of your question is still going to be true <laughs> Millsap's still going to rob and, and and Dwight Howard's still gonna I mean there's not that much that Cortot can do um it's a shame because Jan would have probably been an X factor of mine if he were healthy. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he can make it back, but it's not sounding super optimistic. Um, yeah, they could use a little front court help. That's that's definitely going to be an advantage for the the Hawks in this series. Yeah, agreed. Uh, more, I, let's turn to the backcourt now. You know, the Wizards have two All Star guards in John mm-hmm. Wall. Bradley Beal, they have a most improved player candidate, Otto Porter. How do the Hawks slow those guys down? Is it Schroeder, Hardaway Jr., Bazemore? Do they have a chance? 
No, not really. Schroeder is one of the worst defensive point guards in the NBA, statistically speaking. He's got talent on that end. Uh, mm-hmm. He just hasn't realized it yet. So maybe he does a little bit, <laughs> but I'm not really <laughs> counting my chips on it. So, yeah, they're they're going to struggle mightily. It's sort of a situation where they have to outgun them. Yeah. Like, Schroeder and Hardaway and Basemore have to like come out all three of them and just straight up shoot uh, sh- shoot them into games mm-hmm. and sort of challenge Wall and and Beal and Porter to like match it because they can't rely on their defensive acumen because it isn't there <laughs> right so that's definitely a concern yeah uh, I think you know Sarah mentioned already. Howard and Millsap, that might help because Wall isn't really a great three-point shooter, so those guys could help Wall off some of the drives to the basket, at least. That said, yeah. Porter is, what, like fourth in the league in three-point shooting this year? Um, or shooting percentage, I should say. And then Bradley Beal, you know, he finally, after years of taking so many long twos, now he's trading some of those long twos in for threes. So that's definitely, I'm with you guys. I see that as a huge advantage for the Wizards. You know, we talked a lot early in the season about how bad their bench was. Uh, at the trade deadline, they got Boyan Bogdanovich. They also signed Brandon Jennings from a buyout. So, Sarah, do you think those two guys can keep the Wizards' bench, af- bench afloat, even if Mahinmi doesn't come back for this series? Um, I, I would expect some inconsistency, definitely. Um, I mean, Bogdanovich has been, <laughs> he's been pretty good, but... Yeah, uh, that's you know that's their their question mark. I think Morton's right that uh, the backcourt's gonna just go off, but um, the bench and the front court would were are gonna be the two question marks. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right, so let's move to X factors. Mort, who do you have for both sides? Dwight Howard. Uh, definitely, because he needs to increase his offensive output a little bit, but he can. He's he shot sixty three percent from the field this year, which you know he might go down a little bit if his volume goes up, but not significantly. So I think his uh, yeah, I, I think his game can can. Yeah, I'm looking for the right word here. I think his the foundation of his game warrants a higher volume. Mm. That's probably the best way to say it. And he's still going to be a great rebounder. He's still a defensive presence. So <clears throat> I'm looking for Dwight to up his average to those 16, 18 points a game. Yeah. Out of necessity, but I also think because out of talent. Like, you can expect that from him. He's, yeah. he's still that good, and you're paying him a ton of money. So why not go tell him, you know, Dwight, we need you more than we've needed you during the regular season. We need you to step up now offensively. Mm-hmm. Um so and I think he can. That's really the what it comes down to. It. Yeah. And for Washington, <laughs> this is gonna be a really weird thing. But that's Brandon Jennings. He's Ooh. been he's been awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful since uh, joining Washington. Mm-hmm. But this is like a new season. You know, the playoffs, mm-hmm. clean slate, and uh, he is better than what his numbers suggest. So I have a feeling that you as an opponent, might have a, a tendency to ignore him or forget him, but he's the type of guy who can come in in a playoff game, hit five threes, and suddenly the outcome of the game is different. Mm-hmm. So that's and that what what constitutes better at an X-Factor than that. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, good point. 
Uh, Sarah, who do you have the X factors for this series? Um, I, I think that's a bold pick from Morton, but I like it. Um, also, the Dwight Howard pick is good, but I just I I have a feeling Atlanta's not gonna do it. I think he does need his volume increased, especially in this series. But I think whether it be just Schroeder doing his own thing or whatever, it I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, I want to pick Baysmore so bad, but there's just I don't have a reason to, you know. <laughs> it's it's I want to have th- that faith. Like God, even that that play against the Cavs the other day, how he damn near fumbled it away and then missed the layup. God, that was like the the closest near miss ever on a breakaway layup. But yeah. um, uh, I'm actually gonna go Prince, who was my crush nice. uh, a week or so ago. I, I think he has the potential to be a, a solid X factor in this one, uh, defensively, and he's he's just solid with the ball. Um, you know, he he can shoot it a little bit, and he knows when to uh, attack the contest and drive. So, I think he he can really help. Um, and then for the Wizards, uh, I think Bogdanovich uh, is going to have a nice series, but. Um, Marquise Morris as well. It would be a pick for me. Yeah, both are good. I'm going Otto Porter just because since Bogdanovich came in, he actually hasn't. He's been kind of sneaky and not as good as he was earlier mm-hmm. in the year. So if he recaptures that form uh, that put him in contention for most improved player, he'll be there. Um, but as you mentioned, Sarah, Torian Prince is going to make his life challenging over this series. So I'm taking Wiz in six. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to go Wizard 5. Ooh, wow. Okay, I like it. Uh, and Mort, how about you? Oh, yeah, I, w- I, I want to go like right between the two of you. <laughs> like, yeah, one and a half. 5.5. Uh, 5.5, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, gun to my head, six games, Wiz. Okay, good. All right, so that will wrap things up with our playoff preview. Let's rapid fire through the hottest playoff hot take, not necessarily this round, just the the craziest thing you you think is going to happen. Mort. Well, no, no, don't give me the word first because I know that you have a hot take that you okay. are too damn cowardly <laughs> to actually say out loud. Come I'm on. I'm not cowardly. I'm excited to say this. I think Oh, the, you are? Yeah, All right. I think the Wizards are going to beat the Boston Celtics in 6 games in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Oh, that wasn't the one I was thinking about though. I was thinking about the Toronto in the finals oh. part. I really, oh. I really, it's going to take a lot of restraint. I don't have to file official predictions anywhere, but my God, I saw today Toronto was 33-1 to to win the finals. I, If I were a betting man, I would really like to put 10 or 20 bucks down on that because, I don't know, Toronto, we talked about it two episodes ago. I, I still think they're the biggest threat to the Cavs. I mean, it sucks that they have to play them in the second round. I mean, I hate Toronto's draw, but... Oh, if I had to pick any team to make it out of the East that wasn't Cleveland, it would be Toronto. I I kind of get it. Like you presented it to me when we came online here before we started recording, mm-hmm. and as you noticed, I wasn't dismissive of it at all. I, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's a possibility. So if you're gonna go with that on the record, I'm gonna piggyback on it. I oh. I am <laughs> definitely. Okay. I, I could I could see that happening. I mean, again, like six straight finals appearances for LeBron at some point. That dude is going to be more than just tired, right? Yeah. And 
we you know we talked about it in this in the Bucks preview. Like they have the versatility to really give any team trouble, not just the Bucks or the Cavs. Just you know they they match up well with anyone because of Ibaka and Tucker now. So Sarah, do you have a hot take for us about the playoffs? I'm not I'm not very hot takey at the moment. Um, I will tell you guys that uh, Matt Bonner predicted that the Raptors were going to go to the finals did last he? night. So oh, yeah, he did. Of All course, right. he is a former Raptor, but yeah, sure. yeah. he is. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I always feel like I'm going to jinx the Spurs. I hate to do it. So mm-hmm. I mean, I could throw out there that they're going to beat the Rockets in the second round. I suppose that would be slightly hot takey. Um, but I don't know how they're going to do that when they lose in the first round. Right, so. right. Yeah, there's your hot take that you think the Grizzlies have a chance. All right, uh, let's do brief finals predictions. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to say Warriors-Raptors, and I say Warriors in six. How about you, Sarah? Hmm. Warriors-Cavs, Warriors in five. Nice. And more... Well, I went with you so far, so why not continue? Yes. <laughs> Raps, dubs, dubs and four. Ooh, wow. No faith in the Raptors after they... <laughs> oh, hey, look. It's yeah. Eastern Conference glory is definitely right. different than <laughs> the, Warriors. the whole league glory. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and let's wrap things up with our final MVP picks. Just the top three, because we all had LeBron fourth last time. I'm still going Russ one, Harden two, Kawhi three. I know you have at least switched one of your three. Yeah, it's Kawhi one, and then Russ two, and Harden three. Okay. And Sarah, how about you? I I think I would go the way Mort has it. Um, but but I would I would entertain putting Russ first after the way he he finished the season. I think. I think he stole it. Um, yeah. I'm just so glad that I don't have a vote. Honestly. I know. I know. Yeah, that 50-point triple-double with the game-winning 36-foot three-point mm-hmm. shot on the game where he hey, he smashed Oscar Robertson's record. and That's a hell of an encore. But in your guys' defense, Zach Lowe came out with his MVP pick today, and he has Kawhi. So wow, there you go. all right. Yeah, you guys are And that was America's crazy. Best Sports Writer. <laughs> right. And he's been named America's <laughs> Best Sports Writer, so yeah. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think he had Russ third, I think. I think he had Kawhi Harden Russ, so he has the exact opposite order of me. Uh, all right, go listen to our MVP podcast if you want more on that debate. Otherwise, until next time, thank you for listening. This has been the NBA Podcast. We'll have plenty of episodes in the playoffs as they go on. Uh, until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find all three of our Twitter handles in the bio, so follow us as well. Check us out on iTunes. We'd love it if you subscribe, download, left some reviews. We'd lo- appreciate any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. We'll have plenty of playoff coverage over the coming days and weeks. Until next time, I was Brian Tapuerk, and I was joined by Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. Enjoy the start of the playoffs, you two. Thanks, Brian. You too. You too. Thanks for putting up with me today, guys. (laughs) Sure thing. (laughs) Always. Bye, guys. (laughs)
Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine & More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine & more. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... <laughs> this might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip ice cap. Limited time at participating restaurants.